Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. I can't believe it's May already, and it's halfway done to boot. Every year, this month, is both wonderfully happy and a wonderfully sad time for me. And 2023 is very much the same, but on steroids, it seems. May 1st is the time again for the LMA Dissler tradition of May morning, which she started us on when we were really little. My mom would raid the yard for flowers and then put a multitude of bouquets together and then load all of us kids in a car to deliver little bundles of happiness to friends and neighbors to see when they opened their door. Sometimes they were a little wilted and mushed by the time they got there, mind you, but no one seemed to mind. We didn't dance around a maypole, but we celebrated spring just the same. We've continued this tradition every year as we've gotten older, although I will say that running to the 42 houses we always hit, and no, that's not an exaggeration, well, it seems to take a little bit more effort to pull off than it used to. This year, the route was much helped by a 17-year-old doing the running part while I drove the car, and I now understand why my mom delegated duties like she did. One of the wonderful things about May here in San Diego is that it's the one time when we gardeners and wannabe gardeners get to pretend that we're not in so much of a desert and that growing is our life, that we all have green thumbs, and that struggling to keep plants alive under water restrictions is not a thing for any of us. Well, don't get me wrong, because San Diego is absolutely chock full of growing things. On the wild side, San Diego is the most biologically rich county in the continental U.S., according to the Nature Conservancy, and it's considered to be a world biodiversity hotspot. As I mentioned before, San Diego County is also one of the big agricultural centers of the U.S., odd as it sounds with all that surfing and touristing going on. I'm going to take this moment to brag and to quote a few of the stats from the San Diego County Farm Bureau's website, where apparently we stack up well against the rest of the counties in the U.S. Among the 3,000-plus counties in the entire United States, we have more small farms, less than 10 acres, than any other county in the U.S., and we're the 19th largest farm economy. We are the number one producer of nursery crops, avocados, and part-time farmers. We're number two in acres of guavas, pomegranates, limes, and macadamias, as well as number two in farms with women as a principal operator. Number five in the nation for lemons, number nine for strawberries, and number ten in egg-laying hens. We're pretty good at beer and wine, too. Apparently, we also grow surfers and sailors really well, but that's only because they do well in salt water. Fresh water, not so much, because we have almost none. Okay, that last part's a little bit of an exaggeration and a self-deprecating local joke, but it does lead me to the happy part of the month of May. Water is the key to survival nearly everywhere. And this is the time of year where in San Diego we have just enough winter and spring rain that everything in our yards pops a bit. For a brief moment in time, in this desert scrub environment, the yards are glorious. 
Now, May is usually pretty great for moisture, but this year, as you may have heard, we in California have had so much liquid falling from the sky onto the parched ground here over the last, well, six months or so that in some parts they're generally hoping it will go away. Even the IRS has agreed to give us a tax filing extension because a lot of California's tax records are under 14 inches of mud or 14 feet of water if you're in the Tulare Basin. I'm sure those residents keep saying there is no spoon or there is no lake in this circumstance, but whether or not you can see it all the time, it's there. And that's why they call it a basin. But what I started to say before I went swimming down the rabbit hole is that May generally, and this May in particular, is a glorious time to be a gardener in San Diego. When I step outside, my yard is green as can be and the pollinators are buzzing madly about, hopping flower to flower. And the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the moon up above. (gasps) Okay, no more singing. I won't do that to you anymore. But I'm not the only one here who gets that way. As many homeowners are so happy about the green, they want to invite other people over to enjoy the green with them. Or to show off and lord it over others a bit. No matter which reason, It's wonderful because those of us who like to get ideas from other people's landscaping adventures, or those of us who like to admire the glories of a green landscape, or those of us who just plain like to snoop in our neighbor's backyards without getting arrested this time, well, this is our time of year. It's time for the garden walks. San Diego County is pretty big. If you hit the right season, within county borders, you can be in chilly snow in the mountains of Julian and Cuyamaca State Park or at sandy warm beaches in Coronado and surfing in La Jolla, or the arid landscape of the Anza Borrego Desert, or golfing in Del Mar, surrounded by the namesake Torrey Pines trees and fog. Even when you don't go far, there's an amazing amount of diversity in the microclimates here, especially around all those small canyons that connect in a meandering fashion. What grows well for me might not do so well for residents 15 minutes away. I say might not do so well, but to be honest, we have an extremely broad growing season and a huge variety of plants do really well here. We're truly lucky, and I'd like to think that most of us locals don't take that for granted. When you have such great gardening opportunities, people do wonderful things with their yards. So it's a good thing that we have more than one local garden walk. They're organized by neighborhood, and they're all a bit different, but they're all a great representation of the possibilities within the growing zones. If you've never been on a garden tour, I heartily recommend it. They usually have a general focus location for meeting up where you pick up a map of the houses on the tour. And you then set off with a coffee in hand and a hat on your head and good shoes on your feet and a GPS and a tippy-tappy song in your heart. This year, Rick and I broke out the walking shoes, or in my case, the crutches. We called two or three of our fellow green thumbers and braved the eight or ten houses on the tour of our own neighborhood. We live in a little area called Claremont, which is about a mile from the beach and surrounded by all of those little canyons that bring such a variety of climate and animal life to our yards. It's a great place to live, and it's a perfect mix of middle-class families, wonderful neighbors, small parks, and those that can only afford to spread as much money on their yards as I can. So most of the gardening ideas are those that we might actually pull off. This particular neighborhood tour is held on the first Saturday in May and it's put together by the Claremont Town Council. A big thank you to them, by the way, for organizing it beautifully. One of our first stops on the tour was located at a local elementary school. 
They had a garden set up, but also used it as the home base for informational booths, congregating under brightly colored canopies. If you want to learn about composting and vermiculture, the benefits of solar energy or tree planting, recycling, how to polish tools, where to get seeds, or how to do drip irrigation, among other things, this is a place to start. And this is where we met Delaine Harmon, Master Gardener. I'll let her tell you more about what she does and what the heck a Master Gardener did to deserve capitalization on their label. I will say that she was incredibly helpful and informative, and if I have a garden or growing question in the future, this is where I'll go first. They're a wonderful resource for all of you who might have visuals that belong in the latest cover of Better Homes and Gardens, and for those of us that don't. When I started this intro, I mentioned that May is both a happy and a sad time for me, and this year especially. This particular month of May is exactly 10 years since my mom passed away. And as fate would have it, to the day, it's also the time when we lost our last two flock members of dearly loved but aging chickens. For the first time in 12 years, the backyard is completely silent when we call good morning out the window. I keep feeling like something's missing every time I go out the back door, and I catch myself wanting to talk to both the chickens and even my mom after all this time. Those of you who have lost someone dear to you can relate, I'm sure. Delivering May Day baskets was bittersweet this year. But the amazing thing about that stark, empty feeling is that it starts to fade a little at some point, and it fills with something that feels more full of the appreciation of life that was with you than of the hole that was left. It takes time, but I know it will come. And especially because it's spring. Our garden, which was bare and sparse and a little brown just a little while ago, well, it's bursting with new growth and with abundant life. I find myself thinking that it's definitely the best of happy and sad moments, and that it was fitting that both my mom and the girls left us at a time when I have reminders that life often springs from death. Nutrient-rich compost comes from something that was once alive but now is not, at least in the same form and it will feed the next things to come. That the earth below my feet can seem to be bare, but it'll come back in shining style, bursting with life and beauty and new growth in bounteous fashion. Good earth and the life it holds heals most everything, I think. So now I'm gonna do as my husband tells me, and go out to commune with the dirt. I'll leave you with Master Gardener, Delane Harmon. Okay, so hi. Hi there. Would you introduce yourself, please? Sure, I'm Delaine Harmon, and I am a UC Master Gardener for San Diego County. Master Gardener, now that sounds pretty, pretty impressive there. <laughs> it sounds pretty impressive. Indeed, what we are is a group of volunteers, about 350 of us here in San Diego County, and they are all over the nation, actually. We started up in... Um, about 1980, Master Gardeners, the UC scientists realized they had more information to share with home horticulture um, than they had people to share it. They were too busy doing the research, so they started recruiting us volunteers. That's fantastic. And is that through UC Davis, where a state extension service is here in California? UC Davis is also part of it, yes. UC Davis, UC Riverside, um, all UCSD, we have scientists there, so the whole UC system um, is the California connection to the Master Gardeners. And then in other uh, states, there's their, their uh, state-based um, 
university systems that, that sponsor those master gardeners. Now I'm glad you mentioned UCSD because I, you know, I never knew, I've lived here my whole life, and I never knew that UCSD has so much in terms of environmental services and they do a lot of really interesting studies on water management, drought, all, all of that kind of stuff. They've got a lot of departments that are really working on that. Yes, they do. And uh, we as master gardeners, um, the advantage for us is we stay connected to those current researches, researchers, and they are connected to us. So we also have a cooperative extension office over at the County Operations Center um, where we have scientists um, who are actively doing research. So one of them will be doing a, um, a crap key uh, system on hydroponics for us as one of our continuing educa education classes coming up this month. So, and then he'll be a guest speaker for us at our Master Gardener monthly meeting and talking to us about growing crops with hydroponics. Okay, is that just something that is a neighborhood-oriented thing? Because Master Gardeners, that seems like a very localized individual thing. But something like hydroponics could definitely have implications on the commercial side, too. So does, does, is there any connection between the Master Gardeners program, the research, and, and the commercial uh, applications in agriculture? Or? Well, Dr. Jerry Spinelli, who's actually doing this talk for us, so he's part of the Farm Bureau also. So his job is not only to support us and what we learn as master gardeners because our work is with home horticulturalists, home gardeners, but he also works with the farms and the um, businesses. You know, San Diego is a big area for growing um, plants. For I, I'm so glad you mentioned that people don't, you know, we think surfing and <laughs> tourism and SeaWorld, but we right. we are huge in this county. I think it's like number one or two in yes, citrus in our or something. Or, so that's that's Jerry's title. Yep. He is he is the, mm, let me see if I can get it right, uh, floricultural advisor. But he also has this underlying interest in hydroponics and feeding people. Yes. And how can we get, so he's working with a couple of our community gardens in getting these hydroponics set up. Yeah, now I think I, I, think I read some statistics a ways back that said we are number one in is it, is it uh, landscape plants or something like that in terms of sales in, I think it's in the country. I think so. I yeah. think we are very high up there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a large county, so the, the acreage alone lets that support. But, you know, in, in, especially in a, in a largely populated area, that's a pretty impressive thing. It is, yes. Yeah. But you have to go up to the North County, I think, where there there is more agricultural production and there's more open space still happening. But it's amazing what you find. Yeah, so. it, I, it's, it's just an amazing place to live because our weather supports quite a bit in terms of gardening. Yes, it does. Yes, it's not like you have a you have a winter season, but it's sort of a pretend winter season where it gets in the 50s or 60s and you don't get quite as much sun. But we have a huge, huge growing capacity here. Yes, yeah. but you were talking about um, the livestock. And so one of our master gardeners, his name is Greg Alder, and he is out in the East County in Ramona. And he is a home uh, farmer, I call him. So a backyard farmer. So I approached him and he was our speaker this past month at, again, our, at our Master Gardener meeting where he talked about what is a backyard farmer? What does that mean? And that was a new concept that I had posed to him because we had been doing all of this continuing ed on, um, on native plants. And I'm like, but there's a place for growing your own food too. Hugely important. And so his, his talk to us was about, okay, so what are the investments if you are going to feed your family with your backyard crops and your chickens and your, uh, you know, your other animals that you have? 
Yeah, we are we are in that group because we have chickens and we have a garden in the front. Now we we started the front garden on a more expansive side when COVID hit, and everybody was out walking in the neighborhood, and so it's such a great thing for the community because people would walk by, and we have little signs that say pick some or whatever it happens to be so people will come and take some kale or take some you know herbs or things like that or rosemary and we love it because it's such a community thing it, it, it really kind of binds you to the people in your neighborhood it really does. well look at people at a garden tour and everybody is so like-minded about what they want to they care about growing good things and and connecting with each other about what do you grow i grow this and how do you do that what bug is that so yeah it's yeah. fantastic now you're going to bring me to we are here at the 26th annual claremont outdoor living and garden tour so this is the first may of every year and it's been going on for a long time and a lot of communities do this kind of thing as a lot of community springs are really busy uh, for master gardeners and for san diego in early spring especially because our climate is so mild so uh yeah there are garden tours all over i'll be at a garden tour next week in mission hills where i'll be talking about pollinators one of my other passions and then um, san diego pollinator week is next week so this garden tour and then there's the la jolla garden tour secret gardens of la jolla that's next week too and earth day so spring is busy in san diego spring is busy so you're the pollinator girl i i I'm we the learning pollinator Learning girl. pollinator. Well, we used to have bees on our roof, and it was wonderful. We lived by the canyon over there in Claremont. And so we get a lot of that kind of activity, especially now when it's swarm season. You know, bees are kind of uh, maximizing their productivity and their populations. But there's also a lot of native pollinators that are really, really important here. Yes, there are. Do you know that there are about 650 species of native bees, solo bees, solitary bees in San Diego County? I believe that. Yeah. And we are a biodiversity hotspot here in San Diego yes. County, not yeah. only for our pollinators, but also for our um, other insects and also for our plants. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we might actually try and hit that one and see if we can talk to you more about it because that sounds like a wonderful talk. And if nothing, you know, even if you don't do it for that touchy-feely, it's good for the environment thing, your productivity increases massively when you have pollinators in your yard. It certainly does. Yeah, yes, as we know right. in our almond crops up the hill, here, up the street, up that's the right. uh, freeway here, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, And but some there are, wind is a pollinator too. Yeah, it is, I guess, isn't it? Can't, can't control yeah. that one quite yeah. so much, but no, yeah. No. But yeah. what wind is, many of our nut crops are, are pollinated by wind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us. We hope to maybe hit you up in the Mission Hills one, too. Okay. I have been to that one, and that one's fascinating as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll be at the Mission Hills Nursery, so that's where any talks will, or booths will be. But I'm talking... I try not to go to Mission Hills Nursery too much because that's a very expensive proposition. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, well, thank we'll you. We'll be on Mount Helix um, on Tuesday at 5.30. Have you ever been to Mount Helix before? Up uh, on the amphitheater up at the top? Yes, I have, actually. Well, We'll be up there doing a little talk at uh, 5.30 in a sunset walk around um, the native plants that they're trying to rehabilitate Mount, at the top of Mount Helix talking about pollinators. Fantastic. Okay, well, if anybody wants to find more information on the Master Gardeners, where do they go? Do you know? Well, yeah, I sure do. So this is one of our old flyers, Reduce, Reuse, Recycle, right? But all of this is still current and correct. So we are the UCCE, University of California Cooperative Extension Master Gardeners. We do have a hotline uh, that you can call with any master gardening, any questions about your garden. We have a website here that you can go to, mastergardenerssandiego.org. 
and then we have an email address so if you want to take a picture of a plant that's in trouble in your yard or something going on that you're not sure what to find an answer for we'll be glad to get back to you and help you out fantastic and do you have to be a really experienced pro to join to become a master gardener oh wow that is a, a big process. So another person just walked by and says, so what does it take to become a master gardener? Because my husband got turned away. <laughs> this year it was extremely competitive. So if you are interested in becoming a master gardener, you go to our website and you sign up for the Digit publication, which gets sent out at the first of every month. And it will tell you when we're recruiting for the next class. So the resources of becoming a master gardener, we only can uh, accommodate about 50 new master gardeners every two years or so. It takes a lot of manpower, volunteer power to get that class going. So it's an application process and interview. We had over 250 applications and only 50 openings this past year. So we encourage everybody to apply again if they don't get in and then um, then you if you're lucky enough to get in it's a six-month training program and then you're asked to do 50 volunteer hours that first year as a year and a half as a master gardener and then you continue with 25 volunteer hours at least and 12 continuing ed hours and that's why 350 of us are here to uh, share what we know and what we've learned and continue to learn with yeah, other commitment. gardeners. Commitment. Okay, so for anybody that's listening, I'll just read this out. The hotline is 858-822-6910. The website is mastergardenersd.org and the email is help at mastergardenersd.org. Fantastic. Well, thank you. You're, You're such so a great welcome. representative well, thank of, you. of the Master Gardeners. So good to meet you. Yes, and you, and you as well, and enjoy this beautiful sunny day. It's a gorgeous one. Yes, it is. Take care. Hope to hear from you soon. You will. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We'd like to thank Delane for joining us today. And if you'd like to find out more information about the Master Gardener program or have any questions, please visit mastergardenersd.org. We'll see you next time with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions. All rights reserved. Copyright 2023.